Amen. You can be seated. Um, brother, would you just keep playing just a little while longer for me? Amen. It was just, it was just. I'm not going to make you play my whole message, but I just, I just feel like there's a little, little, little um, ministry business that God wants to take care of before we get started this morning. And uh, I just want to thank the worship team so much for that beautiful. Wasn't that precious this morning? Beautiful, uh, awesome job. You know, you can always tell I, I like to watch the little children because that's when you really know when the anointing is there and little Zara was up there and she was clapping but she went she closed her eyes at one time and she was that's why she kept bumping in the stage because her little eyes were closed we had this little one over here just clapping and ministering onto the Lord and and you really know that the spirit of God is in the house when the children align and begin to worship you know and it's so important you know we we've had uh, for years you know a lot of times people would they you know that parents would like these churches where you just parked your kids right when they walked in the door and and right from the very beginning, we said, no, no, you know, we're not a babysitting service. We are a place that is imparting to the generations. And, and you know, our, our um, 18-year-old granddaughter now leads worship, does a marvelous job. We've got all of our children have been raised up in the anointing. And, and it's like, okay, now you, now you see the fruit. You, you didn't want your kids to be in the service because you didn't want to be bothered. And sometimes kids get a little messy, you know. Sometimes they're, you know, get out of here. And they go, I love kids. They'll go from the, the worship and praising and pretty soon then they're playing. And then you got to get them back into the anointing. And, you know, but it is so valuable and it is so absolutely worth it because you are imparting things. I remember our little Abigail, she, when she first started walking, you know, she was, she was just, she had just, I think just on the Friday night had started taking a few steps and Sunday morning, when they brought her to church, the first thing she did, we have these flags that the kids would use. She got up from her seat like she had been waiting for a long time, walked over, didn't pick up one flag, but picked up two flags and started walking up and down the church, just waving those flags like she had just been waiting to be able to begin to do her part. Amen. And she hasn't stopped since. So I just want to commend you. I need all the young people to just stand up. Thank you, Lord. I would love to have the time to minister over each and every one of you, but I just have to declare what I've been seeing. I see that God has brought together particles, and he has formed a nucleus, that you are a nucleus, that you have been brought together, not accidentally, but for a purpose and a plan and I saw out of it an atom is going to begin to form and it's going to have atomic energy it's going to have a divine energy and I saw this um, this group of young people is going to have you, you're, you're going to have that prophetic evangelistic anointing on your life where you're going to go and you're going to meet and you're going to draw and you're going to minister but it's not going to be the normal oh just let me tell you about Jesus but you're going to go and you're going to tell them about themselves amen and you're going to speak to their future and you're going to speak to the gifts inside of them and you're going to speak to their past and he said even this day he said I'm placing that prophetic evangelistic anointing not just on one not but anyone who comes into the group it's going to just it's going to be an anointing that's going to begin to rest upon them 
And the Lord says, he says, surely you're going to be a catalyst in the city. You're going to grow. You're going to begin to expand. He says, I'm going to cause even um, people that are older that are just going to want to come and be a part and to serve and to help and to do. And he said, and you're not going to get off course because the fear of the Lord is going to be on you. And he said, many times I bring young people together and then they get their focus on each other instead of on me. And he said, but you're going to be a group and a people that your focus is going to be on me. And he said, out of that, you're going to have relationship, but it's going to be healthy. It's going to be clean. There's going to be, it's going to be a, a place of purity, says the Lord. And he said, and I said, I saw him also doing something very unusual because most of the time, People in this age group, a lot of times, minister to um, each other or, or, or find that contact. But I saw, too, that God was going to give you heart for the generation under you. That there was going to be a heart for the generation under you. And it's easy to say, well, they're, you know, they're just kids or they're just that. But I saw God giving you a special heart. And that out of that heart, as you begin to prepare uh, that generation and begin to minister to that generation, there will be an anointing for you that, uh, that is going to uh, flow. And it's not, it's not the only thing, but it's part of the thing. And I, I saw you, um, I, again, I just saw that th- there is going to be, the, I mean, super natural creativity that's going to come and flow through this group and and supernatural uh leadership that's going to happen in this group and i just uh, i just i i just am so excited i mean i i you guys know every time i start walking back here i was like a magnet all always just drawn because the the anointing what god is going to do uh through you is is so exciting and i i just this is from me this isn't from god but don't mess it up Okay, it might be from God too, but don't mess it up because God wants to do something incredibly powerful through you. Amen. Amen. You you can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just do this all day. Amen. There's some good ground here. Hallelujah. Well, I, I got to bed a little late last night because I just had so many conversations in the States because we had a, our Friday night service and my husband, when I, I, I called, he's like, mark it down, mark it down in your Bible, April 1st. This would be just like God. God sent me, when we moved to Daytona Beach 28 years ago, it was like, okay, God, why, why this place? Why are we here? And he says, I've sent you, Kathy, to pray for a revival. Well, I thought it was going to happen in about six months. You know, I pray good, you know, and no, no, and you get a little foretaste here and a little here. But he said, mark it down in your calendar. He said, revival has broken out April 1st, 2016. And um, they had just a revival service. They had a young boy. I've never even met him. Come to the church like eight years old, visited a couple times, and he was up prophesying preaching it's supernatural like two different times they said it was just the spirit of god just broke out everywhere and um and i also i was i'm supposed to be at a church i think sometimes the next couple months in washington and it was very interesting because apostle greg had just sent me um a prophecy about america that had come on how many years ago a few years yeah about um and mentioned our city, Daytona Beach, in the I-95 corridor, and then it talked about in Seattle, Washington, and the church that we're we're supposed to be doing the workshop at, they've broken out in revival. They had evangelists come in. They've broken out in revival, and um, it is 
it's it's content. We're having to move the venue so to, to do the workshop because we're they're just having revival meetings. And you know, we began to proclaim over the, if you weren't here over the weekend of the global revival that God is 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 moving in. And this week, as I leave here, I go back to California, and um, <clears throat> I had already signed up months before they ever contacted me um, to be in Los Angeles. So it just worked out really good because I'm able to slide in, spend a little bit of time with a friend I have there. And then uh, Zusa Street is celebrating their 110th anniversary. I was at the 100th anniversary. And um, it was prophesied back then by William uh, Seymour that that there was going to be, in about 100 years, there was going to be another revival greater than, than the, the, the first one that was going to pour out, releasing the Shekinah glory of God. Amen? Amen? That gets me. Yes. Yes. Amen? Amen? So, uh, I'm excited about that, and um, I'm excited about the message that we're going to minister because you really can't have revival, you can't have kingdom, you you can't build, um, you, you you can't live a Christian life with what I, I, I'm, we're going to talk about today. And I, I like to call it kingdom fuel, you know, fuel. Um, I used to race, and um, fuel mixtures were really important. You know, I, I was I was racing snowmobiles when I was young and, and and then stock cars a little bit when I got older and then go-karts and you know I just had this that's why I get them tickets but I'm, I'm better now amen I'm better I used to say I used to always say that it they should have this maybe some of you would agree with me there should be one day of the week just one day for people who really like to drive and drive fast and if you don't like it stay home that day but then we all who really like to drive you know just let us out that day you know yes yes just yeah just just one day just one day it would just be so nice but uh we always when we go into other nations my my husband always lets me drive because you know you can go and i mean stoplights in some countries are just suggestions you know you go they're just suggestions they're you know they're no and so he's always it's like okay you take the wheel you know usually it's like well the man's gonna drive no he's like you take the wheel i'm not driving here amen but i have fun i enjoy it so anyhow, fuel's important, and we talked this weekend or this week during the the uh, rise conference, and we we came down with a, a just a good modern day definition that to arise and shine means to get up from where you're at and set yourself on fire. Amen. And how how many of you know that you have to have fuel for a fire to burn? Amen. We have to have that fuel. Fuel causes a fire to burn, and it also causes uh, something to be supplied or powered with. Amen. And so when our Christian walk is not powered with this element, and a lot of times I feel it's so misrepresented in church, but it it is a key ingredient out of which so many things flow. Amen. So what we're going to be talking about today is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, and we're going to talk about some of the benefits of the fear of the Lord, because if we do not have it, you're going to see, because a lot of times, ooh, fear the Lord, I don't know if I want that, but when you start 
finding the elements, everything that the fear of the Lord does. Oh, you want, you want to embrace it. You want to have it operating in your life. You want it in your family because without it, it fuels the kingdom of God. Amen. It builds the kingdom of God. And when you try to build without it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You have to. You can't. Uh, when I have people come for ministry, I want them to come and receive the fear of the Lord. Amen? Because they have to. It's one of, you know, when, when the Bible talks about the, the difference of spirit that was on Jesus, it says, we talk about the, the sevenfold spirit of God, but one of the, that is the fear of the Lord, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, but the fear of the Lord. Amen? Because you can't, you know, you can't get free from it. People always want to come and tell me about their sin and tell me about their problem. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll work on some root stuff. But, 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 buddy, you need an impartation of the fear of the Lord. Amen? Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, you know, the, 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 just so you know, um, when you delete history on a computer, it doesn't, it doesn't delete it in the kingdom. It doesn't delete it before the throne of God. Amen? Your wife might not be able to find it, or your husband might not be able to find it, but, you know, God, God, God knows. Amen? And when you have the fear of the Lord, you know that when you hit that button, or when you turn on that computer, or when you want to look at that, the fear of the Lord will make you clean, the Bible says. Amen? We'll, we'll, we'll read that scripture in a minute. So, let's go. I'm going to read a number of scriptures, and hopefully they'll be able to follow me, because I get threw a bunch of them at him and said, I don't know what order I'm doing them in. Amen? But if you'll turn with me to Psalm 112, we're going to start there. Because uh, I want to get you, you know, the, the Bible, some people like to feed. I like to feed some, but sometimes I like to make people hungry. Because the Bible says, blessed are those that hunger, right? Blessed. So I'm going to bless you with some hunger today. Amen? Okay? So we're in uh, Psalm 112, verse uh, 10. Or no, verse 1. Let's start there. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. I mean, that sounds good already. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments, in the word. Uh, we talked uh, yesterday some about how you have to have that divine combination of the spirit and the word. If you get overbalanced in the word, you're going to get legalistic. You're going to get dry. You, if you get overbalanced in the spirit, you can get flaky. You're not grounded. You need that divine uh, balance. So we have to be people who, when the fear of the Lord is on you, it, when you really have the fear of the Lord, you want to really get into your word because you want to know what he says. Amen. You want to know his ways. It says his descendants. Here's that. We've been talking a lot about that generational blessing. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. They're not just going to be on the earth, but they are going to be what? Mighty on the earth. It says the generation of the upright will be blessed. Amen. So when you pray for the fear of the Lord to rest on your household and your children, I have prayed for the fear of God. Um, they have a little bit of fear of mama, but I wanted them to have more fear of God. But, you know, a lot of times, well, I don't want my kids to fear me. I did. Not in a scary way, but I wanted them to know. This, let me tell you one quick story. This is a funny one because it was after Leanne had come home. And um, my girls knew, even when they were saying, we don't believe in God, we don't, they would still come and say, would you stop praying? Because we can't even keep a boyfriend, you know, please. And I was like, 
nope, praying a hedge of thorns, praying a hedge of thorns. No one's going to, you know, I'm just, just praying. But this one, Leanne had come back home. She was doing really good. Our other daughter came home, and she was still, you know, smoking a little pot, doing this and that. And I'm like, I prayed them back home. I can't believe I've done this. Honey, why did I do this? But so anyhow, they had met a guy at, at the beach and, um, and stuff, and I didn't know. I had heard a little, little, little bit of stuff. And I had had to get to the point because they had been very much in rebellion out with drugs. And sometimes you just have to learn to sleep as a mom or you would just never sleep. So I would just be like, Lord, they're in your hands. I'm, I'm going to bed. So I hadn't woke up and chased them or done anything for, you know. And so I go to bed this one night and it was about two o'clock in the morning. And I just wake up and the Lord says, go check on Leanne's room. I mean, she's in her 20s. I go, look. She, she's not in her bed. I'm like, oh, my God. And she's, the Lord says to me, go find her. Now, we're talking about the whole city. I have no idea. I mean, she could be out of the club. She could be out of the guy. She could be, I have no idea. And I'm thinking, God, is this you? And Rodney's sleeping so good, I don't want to disturb him. So I start getting dressed. And I'm like, God, where? I don't even, you know. I, okay, but I'm going to go. So I get in my car. And I go, and we, were, we lived in a, a really nice development. When you came out, you always turned to the left to go into town. So I stopped, and I started. I was going to start turning because that would be the normal way. And I figured, I'm going to just have to drive the streets and pray until God shows me where she's at. And I didn't know what I was going to be pulling her out of. But when I got to the road, the Lord said, turn the other way. Well, there was just nothing down that road. Well, I turned my car, and just a little ways further, there was a car stopped. And when I pulled up to it, all of a sudden, I saw my daughter come out of that car like you would not believe. Now, she didn't know the car. She didn't see the car. She saw the lights, and she looked at that boy, and she said, that's my mom. God told her where, where I'm at, and I've got to go. And she, she flew out of that car. Amen? She got out of that car. She got in a car, and I said, are you ready to go home now? She said, yes, I am. And we, we, we went back home. Amen? You know, but you don't, you don't do that unless God tells you to do that, okay? But that, that'll bring the fear of the Lord into your children, amen? When, when mama and daddy get those kind of words of knowledge, amen? My poor girls, they, they, they always tell, they, you know, they'd wake up, they'd try to get out of their rooms, but there was so much oil on their doorknobs, or they'd look in the mirror, they'd have oil on them. It's like, that's right, that's right, amen? Amen. Wealth and riches. You, you want prosperity? Wealth and riches will be in his house. Who's that? It's the man who fears the Lord. Amen. And his righteousness endures forever. Onto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. Even when things get dark, light arises for those who fear the Lord. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Amen. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Again, the fear of the Lord will cause you to have discretion, amen? Surely he will never be shaken. You know, some things can be shaken, but when you have the fear of the Lord and you know you have lived your life with the fear of the Lord, you can't be shaken the same way. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Right now in the world, I mean in America, we, we, you can't even turn, we have evil tidings everywhere. 
everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. But, you know, when you fear, have the fear of the Lord, you are not afraid of those evil tidings because you know your relationship with God and you know that he is going to protect you and you don't have to be afraid of those things. It says his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desires upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. The fear of the Lord will make you a giver. Amen. You have trouble with giving? You need more fear of the Lord. Amen. He will make you a giver. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. That's some pretty good spiritual warfare. Get the fear of the Lord on your, uh, and the wicked will perish. Amen. Um, Right above it in, in uh, Psalm 111.10, it says the fear, a lot of times we quote this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Amen? So um, let's, let's turn while we're in Psalms, let's turn to Psalm 25. I'm going to give you quite a bit of word today, but, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word does not return void. Amen? I, I, I want to see if we had a thermometer and you, you've got this much fear of the Lord, I, I want it to be way up here by the time you walk out the door. I want it something that you're, you're hungry for. It says in Psalm 25, verse 12, who is the man that fears the Lord? I love this. Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. You get special lessons when you fear the Lord. Amen. He teaches you. He gives you understanding of things. He, he brings special lessons to you when you fear the Lord. And again, here we've got pro- prosperity again. A lot of times people are trying to find prosperity, but we have to know that, you know, and prosperity isn't money, okay? And it's not just, it's not just riches. Prosperity is a, is a, is a lifestyle. It is, it, you know, we prosper even as our soul prospers. I've seen people who are miserable and families miserable and, you know, multi-millions, sometimes even billions of dollars. And it says, but he himself shall dwell in prosperity. How many of you want to dwell in prosperity? Just say, let the fear of the Lord rise in my life, God. And his descendants, there we got descendants again. You're worried about your family? His descendants shall inherit the earth. Amen. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. He tells those who fear him his secrets. Amen. You want to hear more from God? Increase that fear of the Lord in your life. And he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Even when the enemy sets a snare for you, he will pluck you out of it because you fear the Lord. Amen. You fear the Lord. I, I, I got to digress just one second here. I got to tell you a, a quick story because um, this was amazing. It blew everybody's mind in the, in the industry. I, we were going to a motorcycle show, and what happened is my main uh, uh, tech ended up, had, uh, he was an older man, but he had a, um, a, a stroke the morning we were getting ready to leave. We had already sent a team and some trailers and bikes up there. Rodney and I were supposed to leave, and I couldn't leave town until I knew how he was, prayed for him and his wife and everything, and so we got going later. Rodney had, which he never gets sick, but he, he had got really, really sick. We ended up, um, I was driving. We got out late, so we didn't get up. We were up going from Florida to Knoxville, Tennessee. I had my Suburban trailer, and I had my prototype Wildcat, and one of our 
most expensive custom that we had just done to go to this bike show. Had investor coming in, a lot of different things. So we, we, we don't get into like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, little, uh, a hotel on the edge of town. Park. We parked carefully because you learn park your trailer where, you know, no one can open your trailer doors, get in the back, everything, park the trailer. Just kind of stumbled in, went to sleep. Got up in the morning, uh, Rodney went down, and he called me from the parking lot, and he said, Kathy, he said, did your, um, did um, the team, someone take the truck and trailer to go set up? And I said, I, I don't think so, and I don't think anyone else even had the key. So why don't you call them? Because um, it's not here. I'm like, okay. I call. Did any of you all happen to grab an extra spare key, get the trailer, get the... No. So our truck, and I was doing a motorcycle uh, fashion show with some of my top leathers, best gear, everything. And we were doing a fashion show at this big event. And so it was my, my back of my Suburban was just you know, filled up with leather and goods and T-shirts and everything. It's all gone. All gone. So we call the police. The police end up telling them, there is just, it, it's gone. Probably by now you wouldn't recognize your bikes, wouldn't recognize your, your, your truck. You know, we'll put the word out. But, you know, it's a, and I sat there and I thought, whoo, I could get really upset. We probably had at that time probably a good three hundred, maybe $400,000 in our prototype. You know, beautiful clear glass trailer, all of this. And I'm like, hmm, what meaneth this? You know, and I know my husband thought he was going to come up after he gave the police report to a wild woman. I realized really quickly, too, that not only my Suburban, my driving glasses were left in there. My, I had a little, little tiny peanut purse, and because I was dri- it had slipped in between the seats. I thought Rodney had it. He thought I had it. I had no driver's license, no credit card, everything. And so at that time, and I didn't even have my Bible. My Bible was in there. So that's a time when you're really happy. I don't know if you have them here, but we had Gideon Bibles. So I'm like, give me a Bible. Amen. And so I got a Bible, and God began to speak to me out of uh, 2 Samuel about Ziklag. He spoke to me about Ziklag. He said, this is Ziklag. And so... And it's where David had come, and and um, he went back to camp, and everything was gone. The, the wives, the kids, the goods, everything is gone. And David is just rending himself, what, God, what do I do? And he said, I want you to get up, and I want you to pursue. But all along the way, and this had never really jumped out of me as much, he found an Egyptian. There was an Egyptian man kind of messed up, hungry, on the side of the road. And they got that, they began to, they cared for that Egyptian man. And the Egyptian led them to the stuff. Amen. David recovered all and went home. So, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, pray for your Egyptian. And so Rodney comes up to the room expecting to have a crazed woman, and I just was like, well, here's what God said, and we just need to start praying for the Egyptian, and um, I, and, and I'm, I'm getting all my credit cards canceled, and we're putting up a reward on a, the thing, and, you know, we just... And I said, the first thing I... Jackie, my assistant, was really saying, first thing we're going to do, um, we're going to get... We, we had someone that was coming with another vehicle. We're going to get you guys to the doctor. We're going to get me some glasses so I can see them. We just began to do. But I began to pray for the Egyptian. And it was, it was like the event from hell. I mean, anything that could happen. 
later, them coming home, brakes went out on our brig trailer. Sunday, couldn't find anything to fix. It took them like twice as long to drive back. When they got home, Joni's house had been robbed. All her gold was stolen. It was like, what have we just walked into? It was like hell had opened up. The investor we were supposed to have, we had nothing. We were a mess. He, he, he ended up coming off the plane with black back problems. One of the hottest events we've ever had. And he, the medicine he was taking for his back made him allergic to the sun. It was like, I mean, it was like, God, I mean, I just can't. And then we were also a distributor for Hyosung, and the, the president of Hyosung in the, in the U.S., because he lives in Atlanta, he came with another guy because we were also doing some showing and different things like that. He, he was in an accident on the way home and, you know, totally... Cr- Anyhow, I'm telling you these details only because it was like hell had opened up, you know? But God said, pray for the Egyptian. So I started praying for the Egyptian. So... The next week, I had a, a, a ride scheduled um, that I would do once a month. We call it a sisterhood ride, and all the women get, and we'd go for a ride. And, and Jackie was like, I probably just need to cancel that ride. And I said, I said, no, you know, getting out on a bike is just, it's good for me. And I don't want to disappoint the girls. I'll, I'll go for a ride, lead the ride. And um, so we're getting ready to go, and I'm already gear. They're, they're kind of ready. And Joni comes, my, my bookkeeper, comes running out the door, and she says, Kathy, I think your Egyptian's on the phone. You know, and the other ladies are like, what? You know, and I'm like, I got, I'm sorry, girls. You know, we got to wait. I got to go. I get to the phone, and there's a guy. Now, one of our, inter- this is why intercessors are so important. One of our intercessors that said, I see your trailer and bikes in a, in a barn um, behind in this this place and it's got a big tarp over it and that's where your your bikes are your bikes are still still together didn't see the truck but saw the bike so she you know we were praying about that um i had already gone and to get another truck i didn't i was going to pay for it once insurance came but they had given me another truck and so i um i go get on the phone this guy says i know where your motorcycles are he said are you da 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 because he had a friend and what happened was I had my bookkeeper, this may sound crazy, but she is the international prayer chaplain for the tribe of Judah. So she ministers to the outlaw bikers. So the outlaws in the area had heard. So they're out looking for my bikes. Because the first thing I said, Joni, if it was them, you better get on the phone and you better put the word out that those were the wrong bikes to steal. They need to get my bikes back. So she's got, but outlaws are saying, no, no, it wasn't us. We'll go looking for it. Then I've got another friend who he, he's got real good connections with the Blue Knights. That It's the police group that rides, the Blue Knights. So the Blue Knights were looking. And then I had my my, my sisterhood ladies who have supported Roar and everything, and they were, and they, I heard this, and I was like, oh, no, no, don't tell them. They were saying that if we see anyone with one of your t-shirts on, we're cutting it off of them, you know. <laughs> we're go- I'm like, no, no, you know, calm down. But, but so... It, my, my, my stuff got hot really quick. Well, let's put it this way, because there was a lot of motorcyclists in town, big event. And so um, what happens is the guy said... This stuff got really hot. They don't know what to do with it. They they want it, but I think I could buy everything for twenty five hundred dollars. Well, my trailer was worth more than twenty five hundred dollars. And he said, "But you know, I don't have the money." But and I'm thinking this could be a scam. I don't know. So Rodney just walks in, and I said, "Honey, I got a ride to lead. Take care of this. Get my bikes back." You know, and I go lead this motorcycle ride, not knowing what happens. Well, it comes back comes back, and 
that he's going to go and get it. But we don't want to give this money to him directly. So we call our friends who own a big uh, a biker magazine, Southern Biker, who live in the area. They agreed that they would go meet the guy, give the money, then we would give them the money back. And so, and he said, they're getting hot. They, they're, they're wanting to get rid of them. They could burn them. They could do anything. So we, we need to move. And so they ended up, well, found out it was one of the most corrupt counties. My bike was in the most corrupt county in all of Tennessee. I mean, they would have cockfighting with stadium seating, which is illegal. You know what I'm saying? Busted one of the biggest, some of the biggest car theft rings, everything right in this county. Well, when their friends heard that they were going, because he was going to have to bring them back to impound because he didn't want to get in trouble for having uh, this trailer because this was people were looking for this stuff. So he calls his friend and he said, don't go in there alone. Don't go in there unless you're packing, you know. And so he comes with an unmarked car, follows them, okay. And so long story short, they get my bike, they bring them back to Impalm. My brother is in town from Montana. We jump in my Suburban and he had friends because normally this is evidence and you don't get them back until or maybe forever, you know. But he had friends and they did impound and dusted for fingerprints, Did ran them through everything so I could just go up and pick them up. So we got in the car, went up there to go get my bikes. And I, and I went to impound, and they had black, you know, fingerprint dust all over everything. But I had my bike, my two bikes, my trailer. My, my one, I could have gotten trailer, other bike, but my prototype was like they did not know what they had. And it was like, thank you, Jesus, you know. You sent me an Egyptian. And then we, I took everybody out to lunch who had helped me, and I was walking after we were done out back to the parking lot. And, and, and this is what, this is the kind of things that happen when the fear of the Lord rests on your life. Amen? That's why I'm telling you this story. Don't get sidetracked. But this is what happened when the fear of the Lord rests on your life. Because everything that happened, everybody said was impossible. And the bikes had been in a barn. In a, a, down a long driveway with a tarp over them. They were exactly where our intercessor saw them. And so then, as I'm walking out, I see this new Suburban I'm supposed to be buying in my trailer, and I thought, oh, I just really liked my other one better, you know? And I've almost felt bad, like, oh, God, I should just be thankful. But it's like, mm, you know? Yeah. But it's like, okay, got in. My brother was driving. We're just leaving out of Knoxville, three lanes of traffic, and my, my assistant, I had made her, I, needed, I had an article, and I needed to get pictures out. She had to go in on a day off. And she calls me, and she said, Kathy, I think I know where your Suburban is. I'm like, what? Where? And she said, this guy from Texas was staying at a Hampton Inn, and he checked in on the website because he saw the logo on the truck. He sent me an email and says, if you haven't found your Suburban yet, it is at a Hampton Inn at exit such and such. I don't even remember the exit. When I looked up... That was the exit number. I'm hitting my brother. Gary, Gary, pull off, pull off. And he's looking at me like, you don't have to go to the bathroom already. You know, I'm like, no, no, just pull off. Trust me, pull off. So he's moving over three lanes to get over. We make that exit. I said, is there a Hampton Inn? He's like, yes. I said, pull up. My little heart's pounding. You know, we pull up front. No, we pull around the back. There is my Suburban. Okay, there is my Suburban. And so then all of a sudden I think, what is my insurance going to 
thing. I bought my motorcycles back. I found my own suburban. Would it make sense? What you know? What would have been my benefit? You know, it doesn't. It was so supernatural. It did not make sense to anybody. Amen. And so I did not only have one Egyptians. I had two Egyptians. Amen. And so then my 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 thing is pulled out. My ignition. My OnStar was ripped out. All of that stuff. A lot of the stuff inside was gone, but I, I was okay with that. And then I'm thinking, okay, I got to call the police. And then the hotel called the police before I could get there. And so I, it's, I'm in this county, and this little Barney Fife comes over, you know. And I'm thinking, he's going to take this to a different county where I'm not going to have the influence of the other county. And I'm like, okay, God, you just got to help me. And so I just, the Lord, I just start talking and said, look, this is a part of a bigger crime. And it's got to be, imp- you know, it's got to go here. And I've got people, and they will come. And they, I just talked so much, he just said, Okay, I think you've got it under control. He left me. He left me with this stolen vehicle and then, you know, and just left. And my so I called my friends again. They come again. I got I've got um um, you know, some kind of towing service. I called them because we had to tow the truck back to the police. So now my friend is going back to the police now with my suburban and they're like, "Whoa." So again, I need to get it gone through impound overnight and my friends then have have uh, no people at the Chevrolet garage so they get my truck first in line in the morning and so at noon the next day and and then he said he said Kathy I had it all detailed for you because I didn't even want you to have to ride home with the way it was and so my truck was running it was all detailed and when we left that pulling out of town, it was like I just felt a little like David. Amen. Coming back. I am driving my suburban, looking at following my brother with my trailer and my motorcycles. And our insurance company, the whole motor, because they wrote it up in Southern Biker Magazine, the whole, everybody was like, that doesn't happen. And I would say, people would say, oh, you've got good karma. I say, oh, no, I got a good God. Amen. I've got a good God, the fear of the Lord. And I told so many, and, and it was, people were just amazed. But those are the kind of the things. Now, does sometimes storms come? Does sometimes darkness come? But out of it, and our, the guy who came for investment, he said, you know, he said, I saw the way you all handled all of that. And he said, I just, I just had to jump in and help you. Amen? Where you would think it would just be a mess, and God just takes it and turns it. Amen? And so... Uh, that's the kind of stuff that you want resting on your life. Every, the police were like, this doesn't, normally your car's apart or, or it's in, sold for parts or it's already in Mexico. It's gone. Bikes are gone. My bikes didn't have a scratch. No one had touched them. No one had done anything to them. Everything. The fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In Psalm 34, 4. It says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. Not some of my fears, all my fears, amen? And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of what? All his troubles. You got troubles? I'll tell you, that weekend, we had troubles. 
there were troubles all around us. But it says he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord, listen to this, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. If you want angels encamped about your life, you start walking in the fear of the Lord. Amen. And you will have angels encamped about, around about your life. Amen. Um, in Proverbs 19.23, let's go there. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going the wrong way. Thank you, Father. Proverbs 19.23. This is some good word, isn't it? Ooh. It says in Proverbs, is it 19.23? Yeah. No, 19.26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Amen. We have confidence. If you are a person, you've not had a lot of confidence in your life. You need to hear this because as a fear of the Lord comes in your life, you will find your confidence increase. Amen. You will get more and more confident. And as children, again, you want, you're worried about your kids. You don't quit focusing on your kids. Start focusing on the Lord. Amen. Start focusing, start getting the fear of the Lord. You know, I didn't focus. I, I focused on the, my kids when the Lord told me. I didn't get every night and wring my hands and worry about my kids and try to chase my kids down and figure out what they were doing unless the Lord gave me unction to function. Amen. And when the Lord did it, it would be effective. Amen. It says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life and it to turn one away from the snares of death. Amen. And we know the, the wages of sin is death. So that fear of the Lord turns us away from the snares of sin. Amen. Um, it says that, that we need to, let's see, where am I at? Let, let's go to Psalm. Well, well, let me see where, where is that at? No. That's good. Uh, it's Psalm 34, 8. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. You start getting worried about provision, everything. When you have the fear of the Lord, there is no want. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Let me. Thank you, Jesus. There's so many scriptures, but they're so good. It says in Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Amen. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. I mean, again, if we understand, a lot of times we're so busy warring. I believe in warfare. I warred over that and, and prayed. But so many times we're not, we're not receiving the element. Uh, you, uh, the best warfare you can have is if you'll not be visited by evil. If the fear of the Lord is on your life and, and you will not be visited by evil, that's the best warfare you can have. Amen? It is the best warfare. Um, Again, the other thing that you can't have um, without it is sanctification. Turn, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 7, 7, 1. You have to have, if you are having trouble getting your life cleaned up, you have to have sanctification. Amen? I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. 
It says, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us, who's that, us? Everybody say us, that's me, us, yes. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. See, people won't clean up their lives without the fear of God. They will not perfect. They will not get to those root issues in their lives. Some of the things we talked about this weekend, get to the triggers in your life. When you begin to have the fear of the Lord in your life, you realize that doesn't fly with God. That anger and stuff, you got to get to that stuff, Kathy. You know, that doesn't fly. When the fear of the Lord, you know, that, that, that'll shape up a marriage real quick. When the fear of God came into our marriage and when I realized when I was trying to touch Rodney's Prince of Peace, that that was a deposit of Jesus Christ. And when he tried to mess with my man of war, that's a deposit of Jesus Christ. When I would, you know, come against his mercy or he would come against my judgment, we had to learn how to walk together because those were divine deposits of God and the fear of God had to come in the marriage. And when the fear of God begins to come in the marriage, you don't treat each other anymore. See, a lot of times we get married when we're still just human. And we treat each other with humanity. And then, but all of a sudden, we get born again and we have treasure inside of us. We have Christ Himself inside of us. And we have to have the fear of God of what we do with our tongues, what we do with our mouth, what we say, how we handle each other. You know, you're not going to clean up a marriage without the fear of God. Somebody needs to hear this. You are not going to clean up a marriage without the fear of God. It's when the fear of God comes into that marriage that all of a sudden you don't treat each other anymore just with human hands and a human mouth. Amen. Um, in let's go, let's go to Proverbs eight thirteen. I know I got you running back and forth here, but thank you, Jesus. Proverbs eight thirteen. It says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil Pride and arrogance in the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. And again, for sanctification, you have to. I will will tell you this. I have counseled, ministered. I can't even tell you how many people over my lifetime. And there's one thing I know. You never get anyone free of something that they don't hate. As long as you still like that drug high, as long as you still like those few beers, as long as you... You, you, you're not, you cannot get people free of what they don't hate. And until you begin to hate it and you see the destruction of it in your life, in, the, in your families. I mean, I liked to drink before I was saved. I liked it. You know, that's why even when I would try to quit, I couldn't quit because I liked it. I liked getting high. I liked not having be able to shut my brain down. I liked the taste of it. I grew up with it. I liked it. And you're not going to quit until until I begin until I begin to see until you see sin through God's eyes, you can't change. And all of a sudden God opens it up and then all of a sudden, whoo, I see this now through God's eyes. Amen. And that now brings the fear of the Lord. And you begin I began to see the alcohol and all the destruction and the wickedness and everything that it caused in my I wouldn't have been pregnant if it at seventeen if I hadn't been drinking. Amen. So that it, it, it is an evil, and you you all not. So one of the jobs that you have to do when you minister to people is help them hate the evil. 
help point out and help them show and bring understanding of the evil and the wickedness. And if people are still in kind of a little bit in love with their sin, I don't, I don't waste my time. I said, when you start hating this, come on back and see me. But right now, you like it too much. I see the little smile. You, you know, that man you've been sleeping with and you're trying to break up and you're depressed and da-da-da-da-da-da, you'll go crawl right back in his bed because you love it. You don't hate it yet. And until you hate being used, you will go and do it again. And you, somewhere you've got to begin to value yourself and you're going to have to hate it. But right now, it still feels good. Amen. And I, I, I personally, I, I, I want people who are ready. Okay. Where they're ready. Amen. I'll help them get ready a little bit, but you got to get ready and you got to get ready quick. And I'm going to speak this into some marriages too. And into the ministry here. I, I don't, I don't play games. I, I really don't because I, like I said, I like to do some things intentionally. And I also believe the enemy will waste your time. And with marriages, I will not counsel. And I do not allow the people with me counsel adversarial marriages because here's what they do when they are adversarial, what they will do, they will take your counsel and it, you've just armed them with new weapons. And then they will say, well, you know what? Pastor Brad said this, this is what he said about you. Bam. Well, you know what? Pastor Sarah said, da, da, da. Bam. And they will use the counsel because they're in an adversarial position. And when they are adversaries, they will recruit armies because they're at war. So they will get their kids involved. They will get their friends, family, and they get everybody to try to pick their side. And when they come in, they're not really there to get help. They're there to recruit you to their side. And I make it real clear. I'm on God's side. I'm not on your side or your side. I'm on God's side. Don't try to recruit me into your stuff. I'm not going. Amen. And, and, and the other thing, you will never get couples to lay down the past when they're adversarial because that is their ammunition dump. And when you're at war, you have to have ammunition. And they'll go to the past. Well, yeah, but when you, you did this, da, da, da. I mean, they go back to their honey. 20 years and you're back at their honeymoon or marriage. Amen. And yes, sometimes you have to minister to those root hurts, but when they're adversarial and I will tell them, I said, I will begin to pray for you. But right now I see you're, you're adversarial. And until you are ready to come, not as adversaries, but to come and work and that you will make a commitment. You will use none of our counsel against each other. Okay. You will not try to recruit us to be on your side. Amen. And you are willing to really forgive and lay down your ammunition dump. We're not going here. Amen? Amen? You, you, you have to have the fear of the Lord because there's a lot of people who need help. There's a lot of people who, who want help. You need to know who to invest in. I used to, this was before I was saved. I worked with problem kids in the school system, and, and I would take pennies, and I would, I would put my hand like this, and I'd say, okay, now if you had two holes, and you put your pennies in one hole, and they stack up, but you put your pennies in the other hole, and you don't have no pennies, what hole would you put your pennies in? And they'd say, oh, that one. I said, you're right. So that, if I see when I invest in you, and I help you, and I do, and I see that, that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest. But if I, if I do, I try to work with you, and I don't see no pennies, I'm not going to do it. Amen? And we've got, to have, we've got to have wisdom in how we invest. Amen? So we, we can't have sanctification. The other thing to get people set free from sin, you do not ever get anyone set free from st- sin as long as they're holding their justification. If you want to disconnect sin from their life, you have to get, find the justification. 
They've got to be able to see. You know, I'm looking at pornography. Why? My justification is, oh, my wife doesn't have, want to have enough sex with me. You know, why don't you take a shower, be nice, and serve her some, and things, life might change. Amen? You know? I mean, there's, there's just... You know, there's just some things, but no, I can do it. But as long as you have the justification, you're going to do it. You know, you can, you can justify your anger. Everything that we do, we do not sin without justification. Dismantle the justification and people will be released from their sin. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And see, the fear of the Lord will cause that justification to pale and where it, it no longer has the effect. Amen. Um, Again, Psalm 19.9 says that the the fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. You're not going to get a life cleaned up if if the fear of God does not begin to come in their life. And part of our job is, the Bible said it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So we have to, I have the fear of the Lord in my life, so I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to just release. Lord, let the fear of the Lord begin to be released in their life. Let it increase. God, this area they're dealing with, God, your fear, God, let it, let it rise. Let it rise, you know? I mean, I, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, this pornography stuff, but when a, when a man fully gets a revelation, and women have problems too. I'm not saying they're the only ones. But when they get a full revelation that these women that they are looking at and they are violating, that these are, even though they don't know they're daughters of God, even though they have been lost their way, most of them have, have been abused. Most of them have been, have, have been hurt. And that they are, are look, that these are God's daughters. God's daughters. Until that fear comes into their life, it's like, oh, no, it's just you know, stuff on my, 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 my computer screen. No, it's not. It's God's daughters. Amen. And the fear of the Lord in your life will clean that up real quick. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it, it will clean up your life. It also delivers you from the fear of man in Psalm uh, 56, three through four. I know how are we doing on time? Are we okay? I, I just don't want to shortchange this. Okay. We're okay. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, it says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I will have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. So if you are having trouble with the fear of man, the only antidote is fear of God. The people are always like, deliver me from the fear of man. Deliver me from the fear of man. I can't until... I also have to impart the fear of God. I can pray deliverance, but you need an impartation of the fear of God. Because when the fear of God rises, the fear of man goes down here. I, I have done all kinds of things, been places, done things, said things. Me and my natural would never do. But the fear of God says do it. Amen? The fear of God says go. The fear of God says say. The fear of God causes you. It compels. We were talking uh, yesterday how if, if you wonder why you start things and stop things, once the fear of God hits you, no, if God said, you don't stop until God says to stop. You know, if God's called you to it, if God's called you to a church, amen, you plant there. I don't care what happens. I don't care who don't smile at you, who don't like you, who doesn't give you place, who doesn't anything. If God said, and you shouldn't be in a church unless God said, you need to pray that every one of your people hear the voice of God to be planted in the work, and but that they get planted and that they don't move. Amen? Until God says. Amen? And God's not wishing, it's not like, well, go here today and jump there tomorrow. No, God plants. 
We're called the planting of the Lord. We are planted in his kingdom. We are planted in bodies. We are planted in in the family of God. He says he sets the solitary in families. He doesn't just scatter them to go willy-nilly. Amen? I don't know. Is that an Australian word, willy-nilly? Because I don't know if I've ever used that word in my life. Like It came out of my mouth. It's like, where did that come from? All righty. Well, and I've only, I haven't even been here a week yet. Woo. It was that, it was a, what, what is it? The Vita? Vita? What did I have? Vegemite, not Vita. Vegemite. I had Vegemite last night. That's what did it. Amen. Thank you. Um, Acts 9. Acts 9. You want to have church growth? You can't have it without the fear of the Lord. Okay. It says, now again, you might gather up some people for a social life, but that's a different deal, okay? In Acts 9, 31, it says, And the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And what were they walking in? And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Amen? When they walk in the fear of the Lord, when people come in and the fear of the Lord, people get cleaned up. The fear of the Lord is clean. You want to get people's lives cleaned up? Have the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord doesn't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be. Um, it, when you start teaching and people start embracing it, it is, you know, I, I've had people come and they say, well, you know, I just can't even do that anymore because I just just being around, I can't do that anymore. Well, that's just the fear of the Lord beginning to make them clean. Amen? You know, they, it, will, it will cause, um, uh, and it will cause the, the atmosphere. That's a, that you, you, you intercessors, you keep praying over these young people that the fear of the Lord would be upon their lives. Amen? Their fear of the Lord would be on their group because it will be what will keep you clean and it will, will be what will give you the ability. There's a lot of youth groups and they're, they're, they're social and, oh, yeah, we get involved and there's a great bunch of kids and we have a good time together and da-da-da-da. But you give me a group that has a fear of the Lord on it and we're going we're gonna to see some multiplication, amen? They were multiplied. You want to multiply? Multiply with the fear of the Lord, amen? Healthy relationships. Um, Ephesians 5.21 tells us to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. When there is not the fear of the Lord, people treat people bad. People, you have jealous. When there's no, the Bible says jealousy is the root of all, of all evil, you know, it is, it is one of the, well, money is too, but jealousy is where every evil thing is. Amen. And so where, well, how, how, how can you dare be jealous of someone else when you have the fear of the Lord? It says you, you can't go there. You don't want to spread evil. It's the beginning of your jealousy in your heart is the beginning of every evil thing. Wow, that'll put the fear of the Lord. When you have the fear of the Lord, it's like, okay, well, I sort of started feeling, oh, no, I'm not going there. The fear of the Lord will contain you. The fear of the Lord will bring you healthy relationships. The fear of the Lord, you will not dare because just so you know, you might not see a whole lot of Christ maybe operating in somebody, but he's there. He's just working on cleaning them up so you can see more of them. He's there. What are you touching with your mouth? Amen? You have to have the fear of God to help bridle. You will not ever bridle your mouth without the fear of the Lord. You cannot. The Bible says it can, the tongue cannot be tamed. The only thing that will tame your tongue is the fear of the Lord. 
You husbands and wives, hear me. The only thing that will, will bridle your tongue with each other and your children and your family is the fear of the Lord. Amen. Those kids were his long before you ever got them. And you, you have no right to demean them. You have no right to, to, to speak evil over them or their future or to cut them down or anything. The fear of the Lord has to rest upon you. Amen. Um, I love first Peter. I, I, I always say this is one scripture. If we, if we lost the whole Bible and just had this one scripture, it's a, and it's really short. It's first uh, Peter two seventeen. It is amazing prescription for living. Okay. Just these words right here. It takes care of everything. Honor all people. All. That's your server at the restaurant. That, that's the, that, that, those are the people you work with. Everyone. Honor all people. I hate to say this, but even when you're driving on the road and you want to cuss somebody out, it doesn't say unless they're in a car, you know. It just says honor all people. Amen. And then it says love the brotherhood. So you honor all people. You love the brotherhood. You love the family of God. Amen. You love them. You care for them. You encourage them. You do what love does. Amen. And then it says what? Fear God. So if I'm honoring all people, I'm loving the brotherhood, and I am fearing God, and then I learn to honor the king, I learn to honor authority, guess what? I can walk a Christian life with that one scripture. That one scripture, you can walk a complete Christian life and do well. But we have to have the fear of God in how we treat others. You know, and because many times we've been mistreated, we end up mistreating, and we've got to get healed from those things. Amen. Joseph in Genesis forty-two eighteen. Now his brothers. I mean, you think you got some family forgiveness to do? I mean, they sold him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him to slavery. He ends up in a prison. He should have been mad at people. He was, should have been mad at, at his family, and he should have been mad at God. Well, God, you give me these dreams. You do this. You, God, you gave me these prophetic words, and now look at where things are at. Amen? He could have been mad at everybody, but it says when his brothers came back, he ended up said, I'm going to do this. He ended up finding a way to, to forgive his brothers, reconcile with his brothers. Why? Because he says, I fear God. When he was in the prison, he feared God every step of the way. And that fear of God kept him throughout his entire journey. He said, I'm going to do this and you will live because I fear God. Amen. I have had a lot of people. They don't know how blessed they have been because I fear God. I, I have the, the Apostle Julian... Greg, now we've gone through a situation as a family these last five years, and my brain would start going there, and it's like, no, Kathy, you cannot do those things. Every once in a while, I would want to do some things. It's like, no, because I fear God. And you know what? God has reversed the whole situation and, and, and shown us. So one more scripture. Let's go to Psalm 14, uh, 26 through 27. 
How many of this of you are, this is making you hungry for some more fear of the Lord? Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And see, you know, right now, and I, I, it's just like anything else. Like we talked about spirit and word. You have to. Is there a grace message? And is grace important? I love the grace. I wouldn't be here with, without the grace of God. But if you leave the fear of the Lord for the grace of God, you're in trouble. And if you leave the grace of God for the fear of the Lord, you're in trouble. It's that divine mix that works in our life. And so many people these days, they have, they have taken the grace message. I'm not saying, there's, I believe God has been preaching real grace through a lot of people. But many people in their immaturity and in their, they have taken that message and they have perverted it for their own use. So they can just sin, live any way they want to live, and then just say, repent and then the grace is there. Amen? And, and God doesn't work that way. Amen? But we, we, if we have that divine combination... Where am I at? Psalm. It's not Psalms, is it? Is it 16? No, I wonder if that's Proverbs. Let me just check. Hmm? Yeah, it's, I've got Psalm 14, 26 through 27, so it might be Proverbs, though. Yeah, uh, we already did that one, but let's do it again. It says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Turn to turn away, uh, turn to turn one away from the snares of death. Amen? So even when we're working with people, if we are wanting to help turn people away from the snares of death, we have to have the fear of the Lord resting on our life. Amen? We need the fear of God to be able to facilitate change in God's life or in people's lives through the Spirit of God. It is part of the sevenfold Spirit of God, and we need to embrace it because it will change. You know, I I pray, like I said, a lot of times when people are struggling with sin, one of the things I always do will lay hands on them and release the fear of the Lord into their lives. Amen? Because I want the Spirit to work. I can tell them all day long about themselves and their, you know, stuff, but I want the Spirit of God to start working on their, on their lives, and, and things can be imparted, and, and we can equip. Amen? Amen? Uh, stand to your feet, will you? Thank you, Jesus. How are we doing? We're doing good. Okay, why don't you just stand to your feet? Amen. Can I have some musicians, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let, let me just do this as they're getting ready. Liz, let me just minister. What? Your name again. I know I had it. Okay. Um, I just want to minister over the two of you really quick. I just, uh, I, I, I just see that the Lord is so going to expand your work, uh, not, not just in... Um, not just occupationally, but but very much spiritually, very much. There's go- you're going to walk in a real dual calling uh, related to uh, a work and ministry. It's going to flow. And um, I saw you, I, I just saw you conducting workshops. Um, I, I saw you um, just really being able, and I see God giving you a voice. I, I, I just see some things even on radio and even on television eventually is going to open up. He's going to give you a strong voice in the area where you minister. And um, I just, I just see, and, and I just see you, you, you as one, uh, you, you've got a servant's heart. You serve and you serve and, and you've loved and you've loved. And I just see you really, you're going to really um, be one that's going to really undergird her 
and you're going to really cover her as she goes out. You're, you're going to be a part of the team, even though you're not going to be as visible a, a part of the team. You're going to be a part of the team, and God's also going to give you strategies because sometimes she's going to be, be really busy doing, but God's going to give you strategy and that administrative ability to say, okay, honey, now we got to do this next, or this is what we need to, this is how we need to do it. And and But God says that he's, he's making the both of you an effectual tool in the earth in this time and this season and he says daughter he says i've given you the heart for it and he says and i've brought the human and he said even where there needs to be more he says i'm going to bring the more i'm going to bring the more and lord i impart any anointing that you've given to me in that that whole area of sexuality lord god i just release my impartation uh, of the boldness god of God, just the anointing, God, the anointing, God, in the faith to believe that, that, that you can make all things new, all things, Lord, that some things don't need to just be fixed. Some things need to be made new, God. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you will show her the difference, God, and just release that anointing to both of them in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have you do something a little bit different. Um, I just, I really feel like, um, I I just want to take a minute, and I just really feel like, uh, if you're husband and wife, you can do it together, whatever, but I just feel like you're supposed to find somebody, and, 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 and just pray. I believe that there has been an anointing and an impartation by the Spirit that has been released, but I, I want you to just lay hands on, on someone next to you and pray. And just ask the Lord to just increase the fear of the Lord in their life. Amen. And if God shows you some area prophetically to pray over, you know, like, Lord, increase the fear of the Lord in this area or in that area. I want everybody to find a somebody, okay? And just begin to pray for that increase. Whatever, pray prophetically, whatever God shows you. Come on, young people. Lay, Lay hands and pray. Amen. We just, Lord, we just release now, God. We just release now, God, the fear of the Lord, God, the fear of the Lord that makes clean, the fear of the Lord that brings sanctification, the fear of the Lord that brings prosperity, the fear of the Lord that brings uh, blesses the generations, God, the fear of the Lord that will grow this church. I just release it now in the name of Jesus. Fear of the Lord, rise. Fear of the Lord. Increase, oh God, increase. We just declare right now, fear of man, go in the name of Jesus. All fear of man. We release the confidence now that comes with the fear of the Lord. We release confidence. Confidence from the fear of the Lord. (coughs) Increase. Increase. Lord, every demon that has been harassing and troubling right now, Lord, let the fear of the Lord command the evil to go in the name of Jesus. If you need to forgive, ask forgiveness for areas where you've not walked in the fear of the Lord, you just repent to the Lord. If you need to repent to somebody, if you need to repent to your pastors, your leaders, your husband, your wife, your kids, repent. 
Repent. Do your work, oh God. Do your work, oh Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray that you would just increase it on her very hands, Lord. That she lays hands, Lord God. The fear of the Lord is just going to be a transference, Father God. Increase it, Father. Increase it, O God. Thank you, Lord. Ramakashi <laughs> 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 <laughs>